With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take TPV Radio with you 24-7. Just download live 365 app from your Apple or Google Play Store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go. You're listening to The Voice, the Summit Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk? Let's go! This is AR Base. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! Starting with the Thomas Voice Reloaded on Sundays at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then the Thomas Voice presents by booking only Tuesdays. It's the Grub at 1 p.m. Followed by Victory Over the Waste of Life with Sister Deanne Lee Breen at 6 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk. With Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30. Followed by Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Friday, Music of the Spirit with Trey Milner at 4.30 p.m. And Saturdays is our double hitter. And it starts with Saturdays for Bet with Sister Lorraine Brown, with Roberta Jones at 11 a.m. Central, followed by Brother Don Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m. Also download Live 365 and search the Thomas Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. You can also follow us on Facebook at TPV Radio or visit our website, www.tpvradio.com. RadioNetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24/7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 in this station. 
You're, you're, you're listening to TPV Virtual Radio. It's live, it's live. Right, now right now on the Psalmist Voice on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. You're listening to Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones. Right now, TPV Radio. TPV Radio. Some have called recording artist Kalante Gavin a legend in the making. Make some noise now for the young legend in the making. How does it feel to blow up like you have to? Oh, it's a blessing. How does it feel? You're how old are you? I don't want to keep on singing and keep singing. I don't want to live for you and not see you in the end. I don't want to know your name. You not know much before I get to the gate. Please hold me, hold me close. I don't want to know your name, Jesus, and you not know mine before I get to the gate. Please hold me, hold me close, don't let me go.
You're listening to Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones right now. TPB Radio. TPB Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Saturday Buffet. This is uh, Chichi Davis. I will be uh, standing in for Sister Brown today. Um, I just want to greet you guys in the name of the Lord. Happy afternoon uh, to some, morning to others. And... Um, just want to check to see who's on with us today. Uh, Sister Roberta, Sister Roberta, are you there? Okay. She may be joining us a little bit later. Brother John, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? I can, I can. Welcome. How are you doing? Great, great. God bless you. Amen, amen. Uh, Sister Tammy, Tammy Jones, are you there? I'm here. Hello, listeners. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Amen, amen. Well, we um, are so excited today. We are um, studying Ephesians 6. Started last week and got through verses 1 through 3, and um, I just want to recap a little bit uh, for verses 1 through 3, if that's all right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Pastor Chris, hello. How are you this morning, this afternoon? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm going to keep the band back as long as possible, because uh, Sister Lorraine got you after him. We never know what we're going to get today. So, <laughs> back to y'all. Awesome. awesome. So, yes, let's go back and let's just recap um, verses 1 through 3 of chapter 6. And I'm going to read them and just, um, do, just unpack them just a little bit. Verse 6. Children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Amen. So this is studying verse 15, and uh, going back to verse 1, children obey your parents. That's just a simple command. Uh, this command it not only means that children have the responsibility to obey, but also that parents have the responsibility to teach their children obedience. One of the most important jobs that a parent has is teaching their children obedience. Now, one thing that we know, we do not have to teach our children how to disobey. That is something that they inherited uh, from the sin of Adam and Eve. So they were born into sin, so sin comes naturally. So this is why it is essential that a parent teaches the child to be obedient and to listen to authority. 
Disobedience must be punished so that obedience can be learned. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, about verse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just told that uh, Sister Tiana is on. Tiana, are you there, my sister? I am here. Good morning. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome. Okay. We are just uh, unpacking what we talked about last week in verses, uh, uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was verse 2. Because I've thought about something through the week. Um, some of us have adult children. And uh, those adult children, you know, they grow up and they go on their ways and they do things, sometimes not according to what we want them to do. Um, and, you know, they, they get off track a little bit. And I can say this I got off track with my mother and my father. My mother got off track with her parents. So, in essence, our children do the same thing. So, just want to talk to the panel today and talk about, discuss what it means to honor your mother and father and how that may change as they grow into adulthood. Do those principles change or do they remain the same? And then, how did you, if you have adult children, how did you uh, deal with those decisions that they made as they started making decisions and going off on their own path? Uh, Brother John, we're going to start with you. Talk to me a little bit about adulthood and honoring that father and mother. Amen, amen, amen. Um, we're going into adulthood, you got to realize for us in once we're out of our, our parents' home, and even like once our children are, are out of our home, um, they're, they, they're able to make their own decisions. And some of those decisions are wise, and some of those decisions are not. Um, but we also got to remember, like you said before, we got to remember that we didn't always do things the correct way. Um, we also have made mistakes along the way. Um, so we have to give them that opportunity um like I say, to, to learn and, and make those mistakes and allow God to to call them in like he called us in. And with that, a, a lot of the decisions that they make, we're not in agreement because we're looking from the, the parents' side of the house and we're also looking with spiritual eyes. Um, so we try to help them and encourage them to lead them so they won't have many heartaches and pains. But we got to know how to step back and let God. And like I say, allow God to work in them like he also worked in us. Amen. 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 I like that, that step aside part and step back. That's kind of difficult to do, don't you think, Brother John? Amen. Amen. It's it's, it's challenging. (laughs) Amen. It is very challenging. We have to get to a point where we we literally let go and let God. Go ahead. Amen. Because you know... Cause I have three that's been out the house for a while. So I just sit back and I observe, but we still have an open door communication where I can talk and share with them and, and they listen. Um, but I still know that God is still working um, with them and, and through them. Amen. 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 
And I guess, you know, we can say that, Brother John, because we laid the foundation. We gave them Jesus from the start, so we laid the foundation for them. So uh, they can't stray but so far because Jesus is always Amen. 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 Thank, thank you for that. Thank you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, just, that's just keeping it real. Amen. That's keeping it all the way real. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Um Sister Tammy, I know you don't have uh, adult children, but you are an adult child. So talk to me about that, uh, being honoring that mother and that father as an adult. Sister Tammy? Can you guys hear me? There you go. We got you Can now. You, yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Okay, yes. so honoring my parents in my adult life, um, as I stated last week, I didn't really understand that until my adult life and what that really under, what that really means. So right now is when I'm honoring those principles that they did lay, honoring those foundations that they did do, and just trying to do, you know, whatever I can in my power now to make them happy that they're pleasing and the same way Jesus wants it with us, how, when he has us as his children, you know, he wants us to make the right decisions at all times. Are we going to? Absolutely not. But just as mm-hmm. brother John said, he allows us to go out there and mess up because he already know we're going to do it anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm just realizing that, you know, trying to do what I can control, what I have access over <laughs> to show my parents I'm still honoring your wishes and what you said even though I am in my daughterhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. So, Sister Tammy, how about the obedience part? The obedience as an adult child. What it's hard because it was even as an adult child, it's still hard just as it was as a youth because the hardest part that we don't want to do is the waiting. We don't like to hear the no. We don't like to hear not right now. And it's hard. But that's where the discipline comes in as the adult because it's like you can't have it right now, but you got to know that there's something better in in the end. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) That was good. That was really good. Um, Sister Tiana. I'm not sure if you have adult children. I know you have teenagers. Do you have any adults? I have one adult. Oh, wow. So come on. Come on. Let me know. Tell me something about that honor, that father and that mother, and how that has played a part in your life. Um, Having an adult child, I feel like it has been difficult to see things that I did not teach him and not speak to them in a way that stops him from being quote-unquote an adult. But I do let Mm -hmm. him know when I disagree with his decisions. I do speak Mm -hmm. scripture and life to him when he's making poor choices. I speak the opposite of what he's doing, and I encourage him to do better. And he knows there are some things you just are not going to do with me or around me. Mm -hmm. And if you do do them around me, I'm going to consider them disrespect. And then the response you get will be that of a mother because that's who I am. And so he has learned his boundaries where where I'm concerned and where his dad is concerned. And he knows when he comes here, 
that there's a certain way that he can speak, there's a certain way that he can behave, and if he's outside of that, he is almost guaranteed to hear from us that he's slipping. And so, but we do everything in love. We do um, counsel him. We talk to him a great deal. We tell him, you know, no matter how we disagree with your decisions, you still are loved, and you can come here, and you can still be a huge part of this family. There's just some things you cannot do. Now, from my perspective, being an adult, um, I want to speak to that obedience piece. I feel like as I transitioned into adulthood, I I bucked the system quite a bit. But the older I get, the more I understand now my mother's heart towards what she did. Now, as, as an adult now, if I disagree with my mom, we have a conversation about it. And I'll tell Mm -hmm. her, I'm not going to do that. This is why. And this is how I feel like I need to handle it for my household. And so Mm -hmm. even in our disagreement, I'm still um, being respectful in how I address her. But I do not, you know, follow every single directive given because I am an adult. And I'm a strong Mm -hmm. believer that you have to bump your head sometimes. And your path is not going to be 100% like your parents' path. Times have changed, and there are things that are just different. And so we have conversations about it, and sometimes she even understands where I'm coming from, and she can see, like, okay, I understand, that makes sense. But if I never speak to her and we never have a dialogue, we never have a conversation, we can never get to that point. And so, But there are also, you know, just to be clear, there are also things that she she told me growing up, and now I have to come back around and say, you know what, you was right. Had I listened earlier I would have been a lot further along but I just thought I was being hindered from something or missing out on something and that was never the case mm-hmm. that's good that's good um, I I have three adult children and um, I can definitely relate to you know what you're saying you know we, we give to them the love from our heart we're show, trying to show them the right path to take. And a lot of times, you know, they're saying, you're trying to stop me from doing something. You want me to miss out. Uh, yeah, you're right. I do. I want you to miss out on that brick wall that you're about to hit if you go down that path because I've been there. And when you hit that brick wall, it hurts. It's going to leave a mark. <laughs> like they said, that's going to hurt them in the morning. It's going to leave a mark. So, yeah, I am trying to prevent you from um, some experiences that you don't have to go through. You know, it's a choice to do those things. Um, that That's really good. I, I know that um, being an, a, a parent of an adult child um, is quite, it's difficult. It's, it's challenging because you, you try to spare your children the pain that you've gone through. You know, you want them always to do better than you did, go further than you've gone. So um, you try to tell them the, you know, the the right way to go, but it's up to them to make that decision. And as like uh, Brother John and and uh, Tiana and uh, Sister Tammy were saying, you know, you guys said some key words: discipline, respect, behaviors, um, which all points right back to obedience. <laughs> you know, you have to be obedient in order to understand that dis- discipline is necessary. Respect is, you know,
know, admirable. It's something that you always want to have in place. And if you are not disciplined and have respect, you know, these behaviors come about that could cause you some type of destruction or pain. So that that's that's awesome. Uh, Pastor Chris, I would love your input on this. Um, just being, you know, a, a parent of adult children and how do you deal with, um, you know, their the different paths that they take and decisions that they make along the way? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I do have one adult child and the rest of them are nowhere near adults yet. But what I've learned in the process is that we're all protected somewhat. Like when we're growing up, our parents are making sure all of our needs are met. Our only obligation is to go to high school, get good grades, go to college or go to the military, wherever your focus of life is as a child. As you go out the house, reality hits. And I think this is what happens with all of us. Even if you were brought up in a Christian home or not, the reality hits you. Now, the school of hard knocks is always open for application. And a lot of us <laughs> like, like to take the school of hard knocks. Now, I have a double doctorate in the school of hard knocks. Why? Because I wanted to do my own thing. Even though my mom raised me in the Christian home, she planted the seeds, but the seeds were still dormant. It took a time in my life for those seeds to be watered, nurtured, and grow. Henceforth, it started making changes in my life. Now, I believe mm-hmm. that's in everyone's testimony where we go mm-hmm. through this stage, well, regardless of how much our parents gave us everything we had need of, we still want to take it upon ourselves to see if I can outdo what mom did or outdo what mom and dad did. And guess what? Reality check. Mm. You may get mm. some of your past correct. But you're still going to go through the hard knocks of life. Why? Because you don't know how to live it yet. Your parents have been there. They've done that. So, of course, we're going to always go back and think about it. And then we have kids, and we're like, you know what? My mom or my dad was absolutely correct. This child acts exactly like I acted when I was growing up with my mom. And my mom wanted to... Uh, take the switch out the backyard and, and beat me senseless. Now I see. See, it's those situations in our life that we understand that even if we have God in the situation, it's the decisions that we make that allow God to be God in our life, and he's able to mold us to where he needs us to mold us. It is a pleasure and an honor to honor your your parents. That's our mandate. But at the same time, as the next generation grows up, they don't know what that is. Because some mm-hmm. of these kids feel that they're privileged. No, you're not. Your obligation, my obligation as a parent is to give you a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food on the table. My job isn't to give you everything you want. Uh Uh-oh. 
See, I'm going to get in trouble with that one, y'all. But our obligation no, is to give you everything that you need. It's a big yeah. difference. And see, kids now think they, oh, you, you're, I'm entitled, mom and dad. You got to give this to me. Now, listen, if my kids make it straight A's, not getting in no trouble, and like we were saying last week, how uh, Sister Tiana, uh, her son, uh, color his hair uh, pink, and he's making straight A's. Okay, there's some exceptions to the rules. I might spoil you a little bit because you've obtained a goal and you're knocking it out the park. I'll be a little lenient when it comes to the one. But if you straight being a knucklehead, don't expect me to give you the kitchen sink. But let me stop right there, pump my brakes, because this ain't my show. So back to you, sis. I'm done. <laughs> That is awesome. Awesome, awesome, Pastor Chris. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I I tend to talk to my children and be as transparent as I possibly can be with them. Um, being honest, you know, being um, sometimes forthcoming in areas that you didn't think you were going to, but when they get into that, a situation in their lives sometimes you have to you know there are things that you'll tell your girlfriends or whatever that you won't tell your children but then when you find your child in a situation where you need to speak to them where they are you have to go back there and, and pull that out and um you always want them to respect you but when you kind of let them know yeah mama's been down this path or dad's been down this path too you know but uh, let me tell you where this ends, you know. I, I I say a lot of times my adult children need me more now than they did when they were younger. I thought, let me get them out of the house, you know, so they can be gone and I can live my life. But they need me more now. And I have to be honest. I can appreciate it. I can appreciate that they come to me and they, you know, say, hey, mom, this is happening. Or mom, what do you think about this? And on the flip side of that, as Tiana said, you know, when they get to the point where, you know, they're doing something, um, they're wavering, you know, and I see them going down a road of destruction, I'm going to speak up and I'm going to say it. Say something the same way my mom and daddy did with me. And it's not always that you want to hear it, but because of the love that I have for you, it's necessary for me to tell you, because I love you enough to tell you that if you continue, this is what is going to happen. Amen, amen. So that, 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 uh, that really stuck out to me um, because, you know, of the adult children in my life. And then just looking back at me, um, as a child developing into a, an adult child. Um, my mother is Sister Roberta, and um, who has so much wisdom, you know, and I could not have had a clearer path of what was going to happen if I did A, B, and C, you know, versus what was going to happen if I just did it God's way. She was as clear and as transparent as could be, but I still chose to go off, <laughs> off the beaten path, you know. Um, but it's interesting because I joke all the time, this year I will be half of 100. 
I'm turning the big five oh this year. And as grown as I am and as you pay my own bills and all that good stuff, guess who I go to even now today for wisdom and for counsel? I go to my mother, I go to my father, and I ask them, hey, what do y'all think about this and what do you think about that? And that's because of what they instilled in me that even in my adult life, I still honor and respect them. Amen, amen. Um, Brother Chris, if we could go to a song really um, fast, and then after that, we will come back and pick up on Ephesians 6-4. Sure. We'll be right back. You're listening to Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Joe right now. TPV Radio. TPV Radio.
So I was saying, you know, in verse 4, the Apostle Paul mm-hmm. says, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. I was asking, do you think there is any significance in him calling out fathers? Yes. Um, it's always been that way. See, the thing is, uh, as a man of God, we've kind of lost position a little bit because our sisters are now taking a lot of that responsibility. And the rise now is starting to come together, but it's going to take a band of men to encourage other men to be a man. See, a lot of us don't even know what that means. Some of us come from single-parent homes. Some of us come with two-parent homes. Some, some, some of us have two-parent homes, but our father is really absent. What do I mean by that? Well, he's always working. He's doing his thing, but he doesn't really sow into my life. So I have to grow up as a man of my own and try to figure stuff out. And I can only go by my testimony, but it only it took God for me to understand what my role was as a father. Because we get a lot of different blueprints on what how to be that. It is important for us to have the lead for our family, for our wives, for our society to have that lead, have that strength. Now, when we understand who God is in our life, he makes the changes necessary for us to do that. For some of us, it's hard. For some of us, it's easy. It all depends. But you have to look at yourself in the mirror as a man and understand that I have an important role here. Because regardless, if you make all the money in the world to just work in a nine to five at McDonald's, a child will see that you are diligent daddy he works and he still has time to have tea time with me with all the ladies oh my dad works but he still has time to throw the football see those little things matter because as you grow up you're able to adopt those things to your own kids and and henceforth it'll give them that positive blueprint for them so they can live a better productive life now of course in an imperfect world We don't have that. Let's just be honest. And then the church now is starting to incorporate some things that we can be better fathers. But again, it takes the choice of that man to make the changes with him and within himself first. Allow God to lead him. And then in turn, he can take what he's been taught and give it to his kids or his spouse or whoever. It's a universal thing. So again, we got to be more open as men and be teachable, and we can take our roles as fathers. I hope that answers your question. Amen. Yes, sir, it does. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to go to Sister uh, Tiana. I think you work with um, with children, um, and just wanted to ask you, you know, uh, with this scripture, um, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. In your profession, um, how do you see this scripture playing a part? Honestly, we um, have worked really hard to make sure that we're inclusive of fathers because for all too long, it would be mothers that we would work hard with and then we would lose sight of the fact that fathers want to be involved and may need some assistance in you know, raising their kids if they become single parents, but that they do have a desire to be involved more often than not. 
sometimes they are not even aware of the situation that's going on, which is why we haven't seen from them. But we have a program mm-hmm. that's designed to get fathers involved. And what I've seen is that when they are involved, the outcomes are extremely good for our kids. Even if they're involved mm-hmm. and they're not becoming the sole guardian, if they're involved and they're just a part of the child's life, it's extremely important and the outcomes are beneficial. And that's the same thing with kids outside of the foster care system. Involvement by the father is just extremely important. And the house yeah. was designed to have a father and a mother taking care of the children because we balance each other, to be honest. I'm a nurturer and I, I do a lot of teaching and my husband is a provider and he's a protector and so our strengths and weaknesses offset one another but when there's only one in the house then that leaves our kids at a deficit because they're missing that other part that they need in their life and so um, I think it's really important for fathers to be involved and for the household to um, be balanced Amen Amen That's a good perspective very good perspective I wanted to talk to um, Sister Tammy uh, I know that you are a single mother, you know, raising children. How does the responsibility of the father's um, role, how do you adjust to the responsibility and the lack of having a father in the home? That's um, a great question. <laughs> Ooh, thanks for asking. So, um, adjusting, I'm still adjusting because that's mm-hmm. where the wisdom come in, where I have to go to a male role model or a male figure in the church, my family, whichever, whoever can help me in that area. Because being that I have a gender of each, I can't teach my son how to be a man and things to do to become a man and vice versa to fill in that void that my daughter is lacking to have the need of um, mm-hmm. oftentimes I do you know call upon their dad or be like hey you need to do whatever whatever or you know can you talk to him whatever the case may be and mm-hmm. being that he's long distance it's something about just that phone call on how mm-hmm. the tears will begin to fall from their eyes and I'm like I gotta fuss and fuss and fuss and it's just hearing his voice how much of a significance it plays on them so I'm still learning to adjust if that answers your question because it is hard mm-hmm. and it gets mm-hmm. scary mm-hmm. Oh, yes it does and kind of what um, Sister Tiana shared um, is so important because there's a balance you know, when there is a mother and a father in the home, there is a balance of responsibility. Um, like most women are nurturers, you know, and, um, uh, you know, we talked last week, I know about um, when it was time to discipline your children and the parent would say, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Um, and that comes from, Number one, you just want your child to do what you told them to do and be obedient, you know. And number two is um, a parent doesn't want to see their child crying. That That's hurtful for them to, cr- to cry. And even though you are the reason why they're crying and it was necessary for the discipline, it's still painful for, uh, for the parents. A lot of times I've heard women 
uh, mothers say that after they discipline their children, they go in, the, in another room and cry, you know, so that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm going to go on some more with the scripture, but Tammy, I wanted to ask you another question, switching gears as an educator um, in the classroom. Do you see a different student um, that come from two parent homes where there's a father present versus those who um, are just being raised by their mother? If I be honest, the difference um, that we experience and that I actually have in the classroom are the ones that are coming from two-parent homes give me the most trouble versus Ooh. the one with the single-parent home. And I talk to them a lot. Like, I talk to a lot of our colleagues, and they say, you know what, I wouldn't expect this, and both parents in the household with them, this don't make no sense, you know. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? You know, what what difference would it make if they were in a household with two versus one? What you know, I will ask my colleagues, what does that mean? Because they come from a two parent household or a single, we shouldn't treat them or take it out any different. But the single mm-hmm. parents are more stricter and more. Um, they have the the community is behind them even the more, if that makes sense. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that. We call them and they're there. It's no hesitation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. no question. And, and, you know, they're trying to let the child see I'm working hard to make sure you don't have to become this single parent for whatever reason. But the two-parent home is, well, you have to call my wife. Well, you have to call my husband. Mm-hmm. Well, aren't both of y'all the parents? Aren't both of y'all mm-hmm. on this emergency form? I'm calling whoever's going to answer this phone, and one of y'all going to come up here and do what we need you to do. You know what I mean? So that <laughs> yes. type deal. You know, and I talk to my parents like that, and, you know, I do. I build that relationship with them so they know mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you nothing different that I wouldn't expect my own child to do at their school with their teacher. So, but, yeah, mm-hmm. more of um, the single-parent homes are, are less problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> that's 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 interesting. Um, I was a single parent for um, some time, and I'm I must be uh, very honest. Um, it's a very difficult chore because, you know, like I said earlier, you want your children to be better than you, and you want them to um, excel in life. So in everything that you do as a single parent, you know that there are two sets of eyes for every child that you have looking back at you, you know, and your children model what they see. So um, that's good. And and Pastor Chris said, you know, a lot of times there are uh, two parent uh, families and one of them are there, but not there. So when you have a father in the home and yet his presence is not known and it's not uh, fully implemented in the role that he's supposed to carry, um, that leaves a deficit and a void as well. So also in um, this verse uh, of um, Ephesians 6, 4, do not provoke your children to wrath. Now, I want to talk about that because, you know, 
children sometimes get the bad end of the stick when it comes to how they were raised. And there are often unkind words or overcritical attitudes and torments that stay with the child forever. So telling the child they're bad, they're hard-headed, they won't amount to anything, those words have power. And children never forget how you made them feel. So the words equate to a form of emotion. So we have to be careful and make sure that what we're saying from our mouths in training our children is being used to empower them so that they can grow to be strong individuals. Um, I'm going to get real. Um, I remember as a child, uh, during the holidays, you know, we would go over to one of my one of my grandparents' homes. And my mother, I'm the oldest of 11 children. My mother had 11 kids. So every time with my mom and my dad in tow were their children, anywhere we went. You know, if my parents went, their children followed. And I will never forget how we felt walking in to my grandparents' house, how the words that she said and how she treated us. So, you know, in essence, one of the things that I took away from that was always making sure that, you know, I made people feel welcome when they came around. Um, Just wanted to talk to our men, uh, Brother John and uh, Pastor Chris, about um, disciplining children. And, And, well, let's go to the wrath part first. Do not provoke your children to wrath making sure that what we are saying and how we are saying it is effective and constructive. Uh, Brother John? Amen. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, so... I'm sorry, I was going yeah. in and out. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, as far as I mean, um, as I mentioned, you know, provoke them um, to wrath. You know, we don't want to, um, they always, you know, we want to be fair and impartial. We're saying in, in, in everything I say that we do, having a, a, a balance, you know, showing them um, how to obey authority, you know, follow authority. Um, so if they see us do it, then they understand that um, it's the right thing to do, and um, they should follow that same path um, in life as well for us and follow the authority. And also the kids also get out for us, and each child is different. So I understand what worked with my oldest son, and they say I have to channel different with my middle son, I channel different with my younger son. You know, I learned that at, a, at an early point, just watching them grow. So we have to make sure we they learn our, 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 our children and learn the characteristics and di- different things about them, and it kind of help us with leading and guiding them in, in the right direction. Um, okay. Amen. 
that's that's good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, provoking, provoking. Pastor Chris, um, would provoking be your chill? You you told your son to clean his room. He didn't go clean his room, and he decides he's gonna play the video games with his friends instead. And you go down there and you bring the rap and you say, "I said clean that room." Is that mm. provocation? Is that provoking? No, that's just him being disobedient. Now, <laughs> see, I have, see, I have, see, it's different with, see, with me, is it was different with my son versus now I have girls. I have a set of girls, and it's different. Mm-hmm. I can't go. Rah! To my girls Because they'll get all emotional And they'll start crying Mom, mom, daddy's being too hard You know, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny But I can't Be like that with my girls So I have to know how to talk to them Be stern And still get the job done if When they're being blatantly disobedient Now with my son All I got, I say it once Okay, you don't want to do it? Okay, get the gloves See, I'm old school Let's get the gloves, and we box it out. Mm-hmm. That that's how I was taught how to discipline a son. So mm-hmm. they may not like it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm gonna beat them to a pulp. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a lack of there's a lack of discipline there. Now, of course, when kids become teenagers, all of us as parents get tested. We've all been there mm-hmm. too, especially mm-hmm. when we get our little jobs. And we start smelling ourselves. We get a little deep voice. We get it all. Hey, mom. We're not, hey, mom, I'm grown. And you got a little peach fuzz and stuff. And, and then the ladies, they start getting, become little ladies and stuff like that. They, it, it's something in the child that wants to try a parent. And mm. we have to understand when we were in that situation, we have to understand what that's like. Now, how they, they did it in the old school, they ain't play that. Big Mama said, you know what, mm-hmm. disrespect me one more time. And we did it again, guess what? We got handled. See, again, mm-hmm. we're in a different situation where now all these laws are being passed and again, I'm going to get in trouble with this statement that timeout is a big disciplinary thing. Okay, I'm putting you in timeout. Well, timeout don't work. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Especially with our culture. Timeout doesn't work. We, we, and I'm saying that because having discipline, having that fear, like Sister Roberta said last week, said last week, I respect my mom to the fact that she hit me upside the head with a frying pan. Okay, that might sound mm-hmm. a little crazy in nowadays terms, but if she never did that, I would never respected her. I still would have been coming up to her thinking I'm the man and I'm not. I'm in her house. I'm not paying no bills, but yet I want to come up in here and disrespect you. So as a man, having a son, having a daughter is two different dynamics, but you can, and this is what I'm learning, you still can be stern, be mm-hmm. sensitive, but at the same time instill some value in your daughters because I want my daughters to be self-sufficient. I don't want them to be mm-hmm. dependent on anybody and everybody. I want them to know how to cook, clean, uh, keep a job, go to college, all these things on their own. So when they meet a man, they're they already complete. So you mm-hmm. gotta train them when they're young. But having a father figure that can ins- 
instill that in them. They may not like you now for the ladies on the panel. You may not like your daddy at first, but now that you're a grown woman, you remember the times when he gave you the tea parties. You remember the time when he went to your little when he, when he went to your dances and your proms and all that stuff being overprotective. Dad, I hate you. But see, now as a grown woman, you value that. So for me, yeah. I'm learning to be a father for to young ladies, but yet I know how to be effective to young men because that was my first set, and that's how I learned. That's what got through to him. Now, again, here's mm-hmm. another argument where different children are disciplined different ways. So you have to learn your child, see how they are, know how to discipline them that it can be effective because not all the time beating them is going to be effective. So again, you mm-hmm. just have to know your child and how to apply it. And as a father, I, I believe we do have that that power to persuade because when you're in, mm-hmm. when you have a man in the house, and no disrespect to our sisters that's been doing it, I applaud them. But I'm telling you, if you have a figure, a male figure that can be a positive in their life, that is effective because for me. I had that male figure late in my life, but it affected me when I was a grown man because I took the values of the grown man and I was able to apply it in my life today, and I'm thankful for that. So having mentors in your life is important, and sometimes you still need a mentor, and you grown. I still need a mentor, and I'm 43. (laughs) So I'm just saying. But anyway, let me stop taking over the show. Back to you, sis. No, you are doing amazing. Thank you so much for that. You raised a very, very good point. This is something that I dealt with in my household. Um, you were saying that the girls, you know, they get all emotional and stuff. And, and so, you know, I noticed that men tend to be a little more lenient when it comes to the girls um, um, than, and harder on the boys. So um, I'm going to come back to uh, Tiana and Tammy, but Brother John, I want to ask you, you had sons first and a daughter um, later. So was there a difference in how you raised and disciplined them? Uh, yes, major difference. Uh, like, okay. Uh, like Pastor Chris was saying, with my sons, it was easy. You know what I'm saying? I can you know, dress right dress, you know, get them in line. But with my daughter, like this, it's a difference. You know what I'm saying? Um, when I uh, talk to her and, and say mentor or uh, need to discipline and things of that nature, it's, 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 a, it's a major difference. So it took a, a mm-hmm. lot of adjustment on my part um, to, to also learn, you know what I'm saying, that the difference that as well. Um, but like I say, for the boys, it was, it was, it was, it was easier um, with them, but like I say, with daughter makers, I'm saying, not want to be biased, but um, Touch my heart in a different way, and then so I'm still, you know, being correct and firm, but just it, it was a little different. Yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. All right, let's let's get the women in here on this uh, discipline. Um, well, let me uh, let me read this really quick. I, I just got a, a text. It says, men have to prepare their sons to be men, the men that they are called to be, spiritually and in this world. Expectations in life are different 
And if they don't stand up to the test, it harms the family. So, and that's from a male father, a father in the home. So that that um, uh, was a single parent uh, raising boys and girls. So um, mm-hmm. just want to talk to uh, Tammy and uh, Tiana. Uh, Tiana, I'll, I'll start with you as it uh, relates to the scripture about do not provoke your children to wrath. Um, I know, like I said, you, you do, um, your profession is dealing with children and, and you're a mother as well. Um, how does that scripture, uh, what in that scripture stands out to you about provoking your children? It reminds me of young, young mother Tiana compared to more mature and wise Tiana as a mother. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the importance of not angering my kids or taunting them or um, just like doing things that were not as motherly as I would be proud to say. So I did a lot Mm -hmm. of things with my oldest son that I had to go back and apologize for because I realized that me having him at a young age, me being a single mother, me being in college and the stresses of life, because I was on my own, all played a part mm-hmm. in how I dealt with my son. And so a lot of the love that I give him now and a lot of my patience now is like, for lack of better words, is makeup. Because I, I, I mm-hmm. knew I had failed him in that area. And I apologized, but I wanted to show him a better version of me. And then I fast forward to my current kids. We have um, a better relationship. Now, mind you, I fuss. And they hear my mm-hmm. mouth, and if I don't like something, they know it. And I'm particular about how we keep the house and things like that. But I try not to anger them when I when I address them. And if I see that they're angered, then I pull back and I try to evaluate how I need to approach that situation so that it doesn't become, you know, being upset is one thing. You know, of course, when mm-hmm. I when I say something to my kids, they may not like it, and they can be upset, and upset is fine. But angry, we try to avoid, mm-hmm. and that's with everybody yeah. in the house. So it's it's about yes. finding that sweet spot and how you deal with your kids. And I totally, totally agree that you can't deal with everybody the same. I remember growing up, you know, we were, we grew up in a time where if your parents said sing, you sung. And I was that <laughs> child that I did not want to do half of the stuff that my parents said do. And it, it, it really upset me. However, mm-hmm. because I did not want a whooping, I did it, but I did it with anger and attitude and so Mm. I fast forward to now and I think how can I approach situations with my kids where I pull out their gifts and their talents and I you know help them to tackle situations that make them uncomfortable but that the challenges that they need in a way that does not anger them and so that has Mm -hmm. been something that we have worked really hard on and doing it for each individual child because they are so different yes yes that is very true. <clears throat> so very true. Thank you for that. Uh, Sister Tammy, your turn. Your turn. Do not provoke your children to wrath. And I want to talk to you from the both uh, sides, both angles. One, um, in the home, you know, as a single parent, and then also um, in your classroom as a teacher. Um, because even in that role, you know, you, I always said with my children that while I'm away those six to eight hours that you are in the classroom, 
that teacher is your parent, and you are to respect them and obey them the same way you would respect and obey me. So just wanted to get your input about provoking your children to wrath. Well, much like um, the panel has already discussed, you, you got to find that balance. And that comes up with that safe word again, so that um, if I see them and they're in a disarray about something or something is puzzling them, they holler their safe word. I know, okay, let me go get a moment. Let me regroup. If that moment is even in prayer to find out, Lord, how do I address this? How do I approach this? I don't know what's going on, but you do. And I don't know how to respond because I can't respond to everything they do. I have to, um, I can't respond to everything they do. And even in the classroom and, um, you know, like I, I tell parents all the time, what you send your child to school with and who at home are two different students. So, hmm child to school with and um, in my classroom these are two different students because a lot of times mm-hmm. parents are like my child don't do this that ain't my child I said and I got your child for eight hours a day I know your child I'm mm-hmm. with your child eight hours a day and who you're telling me is not who I see so at the mm-hmm. same time I begin to find out what is element what element they're in and why they're in that state what is causing them to be like that I also make sure I don't add to it. I make sure, try to find a solution that mm-hmm. whatever it is, we don't carry it on in the rest of the day. Or whatever it is, it don't continue to keep going to the next day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 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 I want to read this um, text that I just received. Although boys and girls have to be raised different based on expectation, there still needs to be balance. Our boys cannot be raised so hard that they do not understand and relate to compassion. Likewise, girls cannot be treated like soft gloves that they feel they do not have a strong enough identity to thrive until their spouse finds them not waiting to be identified when they arrive. So, uh, that balancing is key in in raising our our children, um, and and the Tracy. discipline that's necessary. Tracy, yes. I just want to add something to that when you're done. Go ahead. Go right ahead. It you that 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 message made me think of um, something that happens quite often that I think we need to kind of pull back on. So we do this thing mm-hmm. where we teach girls, um, in my opinion, we should be teaching girls that they are strong. Yes, they're beautiful, mm-hmm. um, but they're strong. And we should not be teaching boys that when they show emotions, they're acting like girls. Because mm-hmm. when they get older and they're teenagers, we say, what's wrong with you? And they say, nothing. That's because yeah. from the ages of zero to 14 we told them don't show no emotion because you acting like a girl boys don't cry boys do this but when they become of age where they're showing attitude instead of giving words to express their feelings we're frustrated by that when the reality is yes there is a a way for boys to show emotion and not be considered little girls so that they can grow up and know how to be healthy and how they communicate their feelings Versus the opposite, where they don't communicate anything, and usually what you don't communicate that's bothering you comes out in chaos later. Mm 
Absolutely. I absolutely agree. I agree. Um, I have often said that um, the training of a husband begins um, as a boy and how you are treated because that goes even, you know, in when to get married, when you get married and a man not being able to show affection because he was never shown affection. So, you know, this training (laughs) of what you want in the future starts at the beginning. So absolutely, Tiana, that, that's a very good point. Um, so in essence, uh, this scripture brings the part about bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. It's not solely about scolding your child, but it's about training and admonishing. It's about encouraging and rebuking. And it has to be combined uh, the word training translates to translates to chastising. So the idea of training is through corrective discipline and love. I think that's the piece, you know, that we kind of um, leave out the love part. Now, I must admit, I must admit, there have been some times that I had to uh, whip my kids, you know, people want to call it spankings, beatings, whippings, whatever, where I had to whip them and I wasn't calm and I'm going to be honest at the time I wasn't even thinking about love, I was thinking about this knucklehead has <laughs> got to get it together and I have to show them you know, that you can't do this and when mommy says, says this, you have to do what I tell you to do so let me ask the panel do you think it is important for a parent to take a time out um, and kind of control themselves and temper themselves before they invoke disciplinary measures. Let's start with you, Pastor Chris. Are you there, Pastor Chris? Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm here. That's okay. Yeah, I got uh, You have to rephrase the question for me because I'm doing like 20 okay. things at once, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. That's okay. Um, I was just asking, you know, I was saying, you know, I have disciplined my children sometimes in anger, and I know when we discipline, mm-hmm. we're supposed to do it in love. So um, do you think it's important for uh, parents to kind of have a time out and to kind of check themselves and and regroup um, to control themselves before disciplinary actions or measures are taken? Oh, yeah. Uh, And especially it depends on the child that is exactly like you. I had that test. Mm -hmm. when, when you have the child that does the exact same thing you did to your mama, now you have a child mm. that's a splitting image of everything you did wrong. It's Great. going to test you to your last gray hair on your head. Yeah. And you have to make yeah. sure you buy some hair color because by the time you're <laughs> done with this child, you're going to be all white. Just saying. But see, mm-hmm. with the system, see, I got all different alternatives. <laughs> See, with brothers, man, you know, you lose your hair, it's a wrap. So anyway, but but yeah, it, it's a it, it 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 can be trying, 
and you need that time. You need that time, especially uh, when you have a situation, when you have a child that's testing you to the point of you about to lose your mind. And Mm -hmm. with how things are nowadays, we have to be strategic as parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, think about that. Because now these kids are so smart that they can TikTok their way to getting (laughs) help. Now, see, this is the thing. See, what the kids don't understand is that Oh man, I, I oh dad, I can't stand you. Oh, oh you disciplined me too hard. This, this, and that. I'm, I'm gonna leave. Mm-hmm. Well, see, mm-hmm. this is what my mama told me. Look, you can't respect this household. There's the door. You can pack up your bag and you can leave and don't think about coming back. See, this is the old school stuff. See, now you do that stuff now. You're going to get a knock at your door from law enforcement or from child services saying you're being abusive to your child. See, so these are the things these children already know. Now, I'm not saying all all kids do this, so don't get me wrong. Right. But the kids know how to work the system. So if they know how to work your nerve, they know they can call social services and, and get that phone call. But see, what the kids don't understand is that sometimes when they're pulled from their home because they're being disciplined the right way, then you get into a situation where you're in a home where they're straight up abusing you. You got to fend for yourself and eating ramen noodles every day. See, then you start thinking back, man, I shouldn't have called these people. Now I'm in the system. Mm -hmm. Now I got to see if I can get adopted. See, see, kids don't think, you know, far ahead. I know I didn't. Right. Because I wanted to have my own thing. I wanted to do my own thing. And my mom and dad is keeping me from doing my own stuff. So I'm going to call who I need to call so I can have my freedom. See, that's the problem. But see, that's in the teen years, in the preteen years. And see, even now it's getting different because these kids are even smarter than they were when we were growing up. You know, Mm. our sons are developing a lot faster. Our daughters are developing a lot faster. They talking about having boyfriends at 10. What? Right. My son talking about having a girlfriend at 10 years old. Wait a minute. You're supposed to be still playing G.I. Joe's and, and, and the girl's still playing My Little Pony and Barbie. See, that's what we did when we was 10. But these kids now, mm-hmm. they're so advanced that it's like we, as parents, we got to stay on top of it. We got to know what TikTok's all about. We got to know what Twitter's all about. And they, they got a new one now, and I got to still study on that. See, we got to stay up to date. And, you know, it's not that we got to be young, but our kids are that advanced, you know, because my four-year-old already knows how to use YouTube and Snapchat and all that stuff. She's four. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you got to understand, we're dealing with a different breed of children, and some of the old school ways will still apply in today, but we got to do it Mm -hmm. when they're young, because if not, we're going to have some trouble just saying so anyway that's my three cents so back to you amen thank you how about uh tiana tiana what do you say about how we incorporate discipline and how that translates to love you know with our children as it relates to not provoking them to wrath so um I am, I don't know, I'm almost scared to say it because I know that I'm going to get 
probably a text message. I do not hit my kids. Now, I used to hit my kids. And I, I mm-hmm. like, like I said, with my first one, he got all versions of me. Um, the one that beat the kids, the one that had control and spanked the kids, the one that put the kid in time out, the one who punished him for not getting his numbers correct. He got all versions. And then my, mm-hmm. my second son, he got that version of me for a few years, and then I transitioned to this, what I'm doing now. Um, one reason was because 99% of the time when I approached my kids and I was at a point to whoop them, I was angry. And I knew that me being angry led to no good for them and that I was not under control and that what I was giving them was not good because it was what I would consider to be abuse. The second Mm -hmm. reason um, I think is because I realized one day, um, probably right around the time when I stopped hitting my kids, I had a a, a heated discussion is what I would like to call it with my husband, let's say on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was at the dinner table. I didn't like where the conversation went. So I pushed away from the dinner table. I stumped up the stairs. I slammed the door and I didn't talk to anybody else the rest of the night. The very next day we were sitting at the dinner table and my oldest son didn't like something that was said. And he did the exact same thing. He pushed away from the table. He stumped up the stairs. He might have got to stair three, and I was on my way behind him. Like what our parents say, like white on rice. And my husband Mm -hmm. grabbed my arm, and he gently said to me, that was you yesterday. And if you want to see him change, you have to change. And our kids, generally, the things that cause us to want to really dig into our kids are the things that they show us uh, that are it's us in small form and it's the things about Mm -hmm. us that we dislike and our kids show it to us times a hundred and we 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 beat it out of them but Mm -hmm. i just remember me i was slick so you could beat me on tuesday and by wednesday i had figured out a way to do it better to try to avoid the whooping and y'all know my mom was she was good at whooping she was good (laughs) at it but i figured out how to be slick all the way up into yeah. my adult years. So I challenge myself, and, you know, just to be 100% transparent, I teach foster parents. Foster parents are not allowed mm-hmm. to whip kids. I can't teach mm-hmm. you something I ain't never tried. I can't tell mm. you to take children with big behaviors that have been through trauma, abuse, and neglect, and don't put a hand on them when they're going to show you attitude and they're going to do all the things that kids do times 10. So I had to apply mm-hmm. some of the things I teach so that I could give real-life situations on how it worked or didn't work. And so mm-hmm. once I started doing this, I started to see positive things that were happening and things that I struggled with, my kids didn't struggle with. And so I started to adapt to that change. Mm-hmm. That's just me, though. Um, do I believe that discipline is important? I, I'm very firm on discipline. I may not hit mm-hmm. my kids, but they will tell you in a heartbeat, if they don't do what they're supposed to do, there are consequences, and their consequences match what they did, and they're stern. Mm-hmm. That happens. I just don't do it by form of hitting them. Okay, that's the first thing. The, the other mm-hmm. thing, or maybe that's the fourth thing, I don't know. But another thing <laughs> that, um, I, I, you know, I'm always challenging. My challenge to mm-hmm. parents is if you see a behavior in your child, look within yourself and see if that's something that you have taught them. Because generally that's what happens. I taught my kids to stump up the stairs. 
I taught my kids to slam doors, and when I wanted to see them change that, I had to go quietly up the stairs when I was upset. When they say, Mama, what's wrong? I didn't say nothing. If something was wrong, I say, I'm upset. I don't want to talk about it because that's how I want them to respond to me. And ultimately, we teach our kids how to exist in public. And what we don't Mm -hmm. want is for them to get upset with somebody one day and punch them in the forehead because they didn't get their way or somebody didn't follow the directive that was given. We teach them how to dialogue with people in the community. We teach them how to be upset and express it. We teach them how to have courageous conversations if it's about race or anything. That stuff is learned in the home, but we have to have a a place where that can be done in the home in order for our kids to be able to be successful with that in public. So... That's, that's I, I do a believe very that I have to come to my kids, and I cannot come to them in anger. And I am real big on saying, I don't have a safe word, but that safe word is that's in my spirit. I don't know. I might have to develop one. <laughs> but I do say to them, even if I'm fussing about something, they got in trouble, they did something big at school, and I'm in the middle of my lecture, and I feel myself heating up and my voice is about to raise, I need, I need you to walk away because it's about to get ugly, and I need some time to process. We'll come back to this. And that's the same thing you do with any relationship that you value. You give yourself some space. If you're talking to your significant other or your parent and you don't like the way the conversation is going, you ask for a pause so that you can protect the relationship. I do the same with my kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the scripture, spare uh, the rise for the child, how do you equate that into your Uh, parenting so I do I'm gonna tell y'all this I have had that scripture broken down to me two ways and and Mm -hmm. I battled with that scripture the first way was the when I was growing up if you spare the rod if you don't use this rod then you spoiling your child and then I had somebody Mm -hmm. come to me and say spare the rod spoil the child and I'm like ooh, I don't know about that one and that was during the time when I was dragging my son out of a sizzler in California, and they was like, you're going to go to jail. So, um, I, like I said, I correct my kids. I am mm-hmm. probably, if, they, if you ask them who is the most likely to have something to say and to have a consequence for their behavior, they're going to tell you me. Who's the most mm-hmm. likely to be paying attention and to know when their grades drop, or to know, like Tammy said, parents don't know their kids. If a teacher calls me and they say something, I can tell you, yeah, that was mine. Because I'm, I'm present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when something comes up and it's far left or far right, I'll give you an example. We were having a problem with social media. And mm-hmm. I, I told my child, hey, if we have any more problems with social media, you will no longer have a cell phone for the whole rest of next year. Like this whole school year, mm-hmm. you will be cell phone free because I've told you what's okay for you to do on social media and what's not okay for you to do on social media. If you make a choice to do the opposite, you're telling me that you don't want your phone, and I'm, I'm going to say, okay, it's going to save me a few dollars. I'm going to cut that phone off, and we're going to be done with it. Well, he made mm-hmm. a choice, and now I have his cell phone for this entire school mm-hmm. year. Now, next year, I anticipate that his choices will be ten times better because I, I did what I told him I was going to do. Mm-hmm. He made a choice. You choose cho- choices, not consequences. He made a choice. That choice didn't pan over so well for him. He doesn't have another cell phone. He's right here in the house. Lo and behold, they at home every day. So he can't even use his friend's cell phone at school. He right here. Mm-hmm. It worked mm-hmm. out well for me. 
So, mm-hmm. generally speaking, with this particular child, he learns pretty well from his lessons. He, he keeps trying other stuff, but generally mm-hmm. he doesn't repeat the same thing over and over. That cell phone was one thing that he was trying. We right. we, we fixed that. He don't have a cell phone. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so, he, is what he is corrected. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what I love about the buffet, the different perspectives and, and what you bring to the table. Um, <clears throat> Sister Tammy, talk to me about discipline and uh, provoking your children. Oof. All right. I'm going to do just uh, what you ask and answer just how you act because I'm tearing that tail up. Even if it's in anger, but up, I'm telling you, that's my exercise. So I lost some time because after I done whooped that tail oh, no. and I go around the merry-go-round with them because they're going to run around the house just like I did, and I'm going to just chase them around the house. So mm-hmm. um, after I do that, though, I do go and, you know, after we both being mad at each other, Yep, you mad at me, mm-hmm. and I'm mad at you. I was tearing my son up so bad. He said, I want my mom, and I'm like, where's she at? You know, we talked <laughs> talk this thing through, you know. So I went in there to go identify with them and let them know, hey, do you understand what got me this? Do you understand mm-hmm. why I responded that way? Do you understand? Because a lot of times when we were growing up, we just got whooping. I'm like, I don't even know what I got. I Because you'll hear them. I ain't even doing that. I'm getting a whooping. Right. So I explained to them, no, you did something. And this is what you did. Mm-hmm. Now, what you did, this mm-hmm. caused the consequence. You know, so, um, and now, like Tiana was saying, I have a contract with my kids, with this cell phone stuff. I got a contract. You signed this contract. I'm going to sign it, and we're going to laminate it, put it on your wall, because at any time you break any one of these, these rules, these are the consequences. So then, therefore, you're not upset at me. you got an understanding of what you did, and now it teaches you responsibility. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I'm, I'm tearing their tail up. We're going to go around the circus, whatever, the fair. We're going to walk. We're going to exercise. We're going to do all of that, but I'm going to give you understanding afterwards. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's funny. You said <laughs> this is my exercise. So <laughs> you run it and I'm running too. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, you got the best of both worlds. Oh, Nobody no. yes. for 30 minutes a day. Nobody did what the state were guidelines say with the exercising in the field. But if you cut up, you best believe you're going to get it. We're going to get it in mm-hmm. together. So it don't bother me. So, you know, I guess there's some of the anger coming out as I'm running around. Now, mm-hmm. I might call because I ain't out of, I'm out of breath and out of shape and stuff, but I'm going to come back mm-hmm. as soon as I back up from that 10, 15 second breather. I'm going to finish mm-hmm. what I saw. Wow. 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 Um, I know my kids are listening um, today, and it will be interesting uh, to see what they have to say, brother. Uh, Pastor Chris, when we open it up to listeners, I'm hoping you land on one of them. But let me um, let me hear from you, uh, Brother John, as uh, far as it goes with uh, discipline um, and doing it in love. Mm-hmm. But um, but at the same time, not provoking. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 13, 24. But he that spared his rod hated his son, but he that loved him chastened him bedtimes. Um, we think about the sparing the, the, the rod is when discipline, we also remember for us in, it involves in the, the, the training and instructing um, our children. And that's why we got to use uh, balance in everything that we do because a lot of things that they do, um, it may not cause for actually the chest tight in part, but you might put in instruct and discipline them on and letting them know what they actually done wrong. So you got to have that balance. And you never want to rip a child in anger because remember that the child is a part of you. So you're not trying to hurt. Um, you're trying to show love and correction in, in what you do. So the mindset that you go in to make those corrections, you have to always remember that because that's a part of you. So you don't want to mm-hmm. hurt your children. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a major difference between discipline and abuse. And we want to make sure we're showing the love of Christ and love of God in everything we do because if we switch that around, what if Christ whipped us on everything that, that we did? And so we have mm-hmm. to be mindful of that as well when we're trying to discipline our children. Amen? Amen. Amen. I um, grew up in uh, the same household as, as Tammy. And at times, yeah, we did get whippings and we didn't know why we were getting them. It was guilty um, by association because uh, one of the siblings in the house did it because you were there and didn't speak up. You know, you got it too. But you didn't want to be a snitch to around, you know, your sisters and your cousins, but we all got in trouble together. Um, I want to say this before we open it up to the listeners. Uh, my oldest daughter, I always call her my trial child. Uh, that's that firstborn you want to be perfect, you know, uh, nope, she can't do this, nope, she can't do that, nope, they can't do that, you know. And even with discipline, you know, you tend to crack the whip on that first one. That second one, the whip, you know, gets a little dust on it. By the third one, I don't even know where to whip that sometimes. So um, with her, uh, you're talking about the cell phone, Tiana, and and being on um, get the restrictions and the consequences that come that are associated with you not following the rules. And Shanice basically was on punishment from the eighth grade to her eleventh grade right. year, school year. And fifth basically grade. because well the thing was not fifth grade, Tammy, eighth grade. <laughs> she she stayed on punishment because she would not adhere to the rules when it came to the phone the, the cell phone. Um, so she always had her phone taken away, you know, and we talk about this kind of stuff all the time, and she laughs about it now. She was like, oh, gosh. And then to the younger cousins, you know, she's like, listen to your parents, man, because I could have saved myself a whole lot of heartache if I had just done what my mom told me to do, my mom and dad. So we are going to, we have discussed um, these verses today, and we have listeners on the call. We just want to give them an opportunity um, to speak on anything uh, that we've spoken on today. And um, if you want to add something to it, if you have questions, please feel free to do so. Pastor Chris, can we go to some of our listeners? Uh, yes, ma'am. All right, callers, we will read the last four digits of your phone number. So first caller is up, 6015. 
6015. You are live on the air. God bless you. Uh, I can't remember. Huh? 6015, are you there? Are you there? Uh-huh. Lucille Priest, I'm listening. Amen. Hi, Sister Priester. Thanks for calling in. Uh-huh. Amen. All right. Next, Next caller, caller. 90, 9264. 9264, you are live on the air. God bless you. 9264. Going once. Going twice. All right, we'll put you back mm-hmm. on mute. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Um, they spoke up. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. We can Hello. hear you. Oh, yes, hi. This is Tammy Sterling. I just want to say uh, thanks to Tammy for um, an awesome job. I don't have anything else to add. Just wanted to let you know I'm so encouraged, giving me a, a new perspective and we're never too old to learn, so I am absolutely delighted for the opportunity to be invited by Tracy. Oh, man. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right. Next caller. Oh, 4042. 4042. You are live on the air. God bless you. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Shanice. Tracy's oldest daughter. I knew she was going to want me to comment on something. Um, I want to first say this was an amazing conversation. Um, the panel, you guys, like, did really good with answering these questions. Um, I do want to correct something, though. I was on punishment from 6th to 8th grade, and it was phone shoes. <laughs> I will say um, when it came to discipline, like, I, my mom can attest to this. I thank her so much for the things that she did, for the whooping, for the punishment, and just staying on me hard. Um, I believe someone commented on disciplining their children differently, and I definitely see why my mom did that, because each of us were different. So it took different type of punishments, different type of conversations to get the point across. And as a parent, I feel like um, with you knowing your children, you know what works for that child, and even as that child grows, the punishment must change as well. But um, I will say I'm definitely grateful for my parents' um, discipline. I'm even more grateful that my mother um, introduced me to Christ. And as y'all were saying before, laying that foundation is so important because even in my adulthood, once I gained that freedom and thought I knew everything, all the conversations my mother had with me, you know, just, oh, well, she doesn't really know. Times have changed. I was literally that child that, okay, I have to see for myself. But what I'm grateful for was every time I messed up, I knew that I could go back to God. I knew that he still loved me unconditionally because of the things that my parents taught me. And I also um, love that I could go back to my parents. They never judged me. And I, like I said, I was literally that, that tester. I was the one that tried and did everything, but in the midst of my wrongs, my parents still love me unconditionally, and I just really appreciate that, and not even just my parents, just um, Tammy is my aunt, she's another one that I could always just 
go to and for prayer for anything. And it was just always a constant reminder to just to just be obedient. Even if you fall off, we're still here for you. So that foundation with God and that foundation with family is just so important. And I just want to thank y'all for this conversation today. It was very enlightening. Amen. Amen. I told you that was my trial child. (laughs) Thank you you for calling. Thank you for calling. Next caller, 6507. 6507. You are live on the air. God bless you. 6507. You are live on the air. God bless you. All right, I'll put him back on the mute. Thank you so much for calling. Next caller, 7991. 7991, you are live on the air. God bless you. Good afternoon. Um, this is Jeanette Pontoon, and I'm just listening. Amen. Thank you, Sister Thanks for calling. Amen. Next caller, 9109. 9109, you are live on the air. God bless you. That is so funny. I was just getting ready to hang up, and you called my name, so thank you. This is Rosalind. <laughs> I, I work with Tracy. Thank you all so much. This is such an enlightening and uplifting talk. I appreciate it so very much, and y'all just keep up the good work. Blessings to you. Thank you, Rosalind. Thank you so much for calling. Next caller, 2598. 2598, you are live on the air. God bless you. 2598, you are live on the air. God bless you. Going once, going twice. All right, we'll put you back on mute. Thank you so much for calling. Next caller, 3066. 3066, you are live on the air. God bless you. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, I was listening. I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, like, I'm in a situation. I, I work the younger kid and uh, the older one. I just talk to her, just understand that she understands that life is about choices. And the choices that she make, you know, you're going to have good consequences, you're going to have bad consequences. And I agree with, uh, I think, what Tiana was saying. Watch, you know, your own behavior because the child, they do watch, they do look, and uh, they do look at you and how you react to certain situations. And uh, we just got to, if we want them to change, we got to sometimes watch what we do and change ourselves. But uh, good job, uh, Tano. Great talk. Thank y'all. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate you calling. All right, final caller, 6015. 6015, you are live on the air. God bless you. Sixty fifteen, sixty fifteen, you are live on the air. Oh, going once, going twice. We'll put you back on mute. Thank you so much for calling. So, sis. Back to you. Amen. Well, I, it's always good to 
to um, hear from the callers and just to to see what they've gotten out of the uh, conversation as well as, you know, for them to add uh, their perspective. Um, we're going to um, talk just a little bit more about verse um, – I'm sorry, lost my place here, about um, verse uh, four in the uh, training, bring them up, bring them up. Um, That kind of stuck out to me, Um, bring them up. What does that mean? What was he saying? You know, what what was the apostle saying when he said bring them up? Um, What I got out of that is just, Basically, it's development of the body, the mind, and the soul. Um, We're teaching them, the children, to be obedient. We're teaching the children to follow good counsel. We're teaching the children to do it unto the Lord. So mind, body, and soul. Um, And basically, parenting is a development of caring and pain. Because there's pain that comes with parenting on both sides, the side of the child as well as the side of the parent. We want to always make sure that we are doing it according to the will of God. Now, do we all need to do a self-check, a self-evaluation from time to time? Absolutely. Uh, We want to make sure that we align ourselves with the word of God. It's easy to get caught up in the flesh. It's easy to want to um, take control and do it your way. But I want to say something that is very important. The Holy Spirit just brought this to me, and I want to be obedient. There is a difference between training and manipulating. And sometimes... As parents, we can take on the fashion of manipulation to get our children to do what we want them to do. That is definitely something that we want to steer away from. Uh, One of the things that I found um, while I was a parent, because sometimes you think you're the only one going through it. You're the only one who has that son that won't take the trash out no matter how many times you told him to do it. Now, the old school parenting for that, you know, (laughs) was to take the trash and dump it out in the floor on the roof in this room or whatever and make him get it up. So as parents, you have to figure out how to go about um, parenting invoking certain things into your home, rules, you know, and regulations into your home. Um, There are some kids, I'm just going to be honest, um, I I enjoyed listening to my sister Tiana. Um, I had not thought about it the way that she laid it out, which is, again, why I love this buffet. Uh, But there are some children who absolutely do not respond to spankings and whippings. That doesn't penetrate through their brains at all. Pain is nothing to them. So to that child, you have to figure out a way to get through to them to make them do what you want them to do. Um, I have, you know, a couple nieces and nephews even, you know, a whipping, that's nothing. 
You know, what else you got? So that's why it's so important to be in constant prayer and supplication, you know, with God so you can figure out how to be a parent. Because we have no idea. Last week we said uh, the child does not come out with the manuscript, you know, when you give birth. It's trial and error and definitely, you know, trying to figure this out, um, what's best for that child and what makes your household flow. Uh, Another thing um, with the training part, how does a a parent who knows nothing about um, being a parent, how do they train someone else? So... What I have learned is to go to someone who has A, been through it, and there are people who actually, this is their ministerial gift. You know, this is, this is a passion that God has given them of how to raise children in the knowledge of the Lord. So tap into those resources, into those people, and find out, you know, um, help me with this. I have no idea. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, because I can definitely say I had no idea what I was doing with that first child. I was 19, 20 years old. I didn't know how to raise Shanice. I I mean, literally, I was, it was a baffling experience for me to get to be the parent that she just said thank you to. You know, how did I get there except for surrounding myself with people that had gone through it? My mother is an open book. I told y'all she got 11 children, y'all. She's an open book when it comes to parenting. And there are so many things that I had to go back to her and say thank you. I can tell you one. When I went to the Army, my first duty station was in Frankfurt, Germany. And while I was in Frankfurt, I was blessed to meet so many people from so many different walks of life. And their lifestyles and their choices and all that made me call back to Saginaw, Michigan and tell my mama, thank you. Thank you for my upbringing. Because I saw some things in them that were so wild and so, you know, I was like, oh, my God, like, how did they get there? But I thank God for the structure that my mother gave me because the roots and the foundation followed me throughout life, even to Europe. It followed me. So I was thankful for that. And another point that I I wanted to say is um, with parenting, with parenting, um, a lot of times, and this was mentioned, uh, I think Tiana said it, we are parenting ourselves, meaning that child I think Pastor Chris said it as well. That child acts just like us. (laughs) So you see a mirror, a reflection of yourself. And once again, you're trying to help that child to develop because you want them, A, to not make the same mistakes you made, and B, to do it better. So, you know, to, as parents, we do the best that we know how to do with what we have. A, our experiences, what we went through as children, B, the knowledge that we have gained in life through, you know, different things that we've gone through. Um, And so, as the word of God. So we want to bring all those things into one pot 
and try to do the best that we can to develop this child that God has loaned to us. Because remember, those ch- the children belong to God. So I just want to give, we have a few minutes. Um, I'm going to do the, the housekeeping first, and I'm going to thank um I want to thank our our um, callers for uh, calling in, of course. And then our faithful listeners, I want to give honor to them today. Sister Dorsey Curry, uh, Shirley Allen and Lucille Priester, Sister Ella Priester and Leola Priester, um, Sister Ursa Lee Aaron and Edna Moore, and Jeanette Pantoon, as well as Sister Josie Priester. Thank you, our faithful listeners, for calling in. We always look forward to uh, hear from you all, you guys and having you on the call. So I also, at this time, want to just give the panel an opportunity for last words. We have, what, four minutes? Uh, last words um, as it relates to our conversation today. Brother John? Yes, amen. Just short and sweet. Um, enjoy the show. Enjoy everything from the panel uh, members. Just continue um, the church. We continue to talk and walk these scriptures out and time to our life. God bless. Amen. Thank you so much for being on the call today and for your input. Sister Tiana. Hey, I just want to tell parents to be encouraged. Um, I heard it said that there's no manual for this, but that um, it's a learn as we go and just continue to be open to learning and continue to see God, continue to pray and continue to be the best version of you that you can be. Amen. Amen. Sister Tammy. Um, just want to tell the parents, Hey, um, take it one day at a time with these kids. Let's not react and let's respond. Amen. Thank you, Tammy. Brother, uh, Pastor Chris, I want you to give us your your wrap-up. And then, Tammy, if you would, would you close us out in prayer? Yes, ma'am. Learning to be a parent, grandparent, even when you grew up as a child, it's an experience that we all learn. There is no manual for it. But if you allow mentors, mentees in your life, men and women that know how to raise children, not some young buck, no disrespect intended, but hold on to the village mentality because that's what our generation is losing. We've lost that. And if we build that again, we can have our next generation of children grow not only as strong men and women, but as a strong community and God. We're out of time. I can preach, but let me stop because we're almost out of here. So I'm done. Back to you. Amen. Sister Tammy, would you close us out in prayer? Absolutely. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for an awesome day. We thank you for every caller, every listener that did not get to say anything but wanted to. We thank you that the next time they will be able to have a boldness to stand out and to say what's on their heart, that they will be able to get the need met that they're desiring. 
Father, we also lift up the parents in this society and in this culture. We ask that you strengthen these parents, God. Let them know that you are with them. Allow them to teach their children to fear you most importantly, not them, but to fear you. So, Lord God, we just thank and praise you that we even bring obedience to the children, the same obedience that you took when you were at the cross. We ask you now, Lord God, that these children remain obedient and taught of you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Cover every individual on this panel, God, as they encounter this week. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that um, you, we even lift up Sister Brown and Sister Jones as they were not here with us today, and that you refresh them during this time, God. Rejuvenate them, revive them, Lord, so that when they come next week, they're even able more to pour out to your people. So, God, we just thank you, we bless you, and we ask you to continue to shower down your blessings upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 See you next week. It's already working for your good. What the Lord allows is what you need. Controls the waves The storm must obey Every word that he says He's everything to you He's everything to you What the Lord allows It's what you need He's everything Everything to you Central Texas. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.